folks. Welcome to Paths to Restoration, the podcast about spiritual restoration from digital formation. I am Ed Szeski, the author of Reconnect, Spiritual Restoration from Digital Distraction. And thanks for joining me. I hope you had a blessed and peaceful and restful Easter. Um, or at least if you have young kids like me, it was at least uh, as restful and peaceful as possible with kids who were all sugared up on on candy and and cookies and stuff. Uh, so uh, welcome to the podcast. We got a, a, a solo episode, uh, you know, a brief reflection this week. Uh, I want to think think a little bit more about suffering this month. I'm kind of looking at um, suffering and loss. And I was thinking about uh, empathy and especially like mourning with those who mourn. That's, you know, uh, a big theme throughout scripture is, you know, mourning with those with those who mourn to uh, enter into uh, the perspective and situation of other people to to bear their burdens alongside of them. And empathy is a big a big focus for uh, centering prayer for silent prayer. It's it's a it's a uh, a fruit I would say that's you know cultivated as you enter into silence. Uh, in part because you know centering prayer and and silent prayer. Uh, gives us an opportunity to let go of our thoughts. And I think that a lot of times our thoughts are what, you know, prevent us from having empathy with others. So, you know, if there's a perceived offense um, from someone or if there's something that's just upsetting, if there's something that really is bothersome or, or afflictive that you've been thinking about, centering prayer can help you uh, let go of it, can help you maybe process it a little bit. Uh, it can help you release it to God, and then it also can bring the the healing of of God's love and God's presence. So you know, as you enter into that practice and as you you know invest in it over time, it's not it's not like a a magical switch or a button. It's it's something that's cultivated over time. And Cynthia Bourgeois writes about how you know over time as you practice. Um, this discipline of silent prayer before God, um, not even like, you know, necessarily promising an epiphany or or some kind of special insight or, or word, which is, you know, obviously still possible. But the, the point with contemplation is to do the practice. And, you know, Thomas Keating says you can only do it wrong if you get up and leave the room. So as you as you do this practice, then you are aware of, of God's love and presence over time and God's acceptance of you and love for you makes it easier to accept others, to forgive others, to love others, because you've received something from God that's healing and restoring. That it, it fills you with something that you can give to other people instead of trying to just willpower your way through, which, you know, is, I, I've gotten into so many arguments with, um, anxious evangelicals here in America, uh, or you know, just conservative Christians who want to talk about duty and obligation and willpower, and it's like you can't uh, you can't like willpower yourself to compassion necessarily. Like you can you can have discipline, you can have habits that will help you grow it. But um, you know, if you're mad at somebody, if you're if you're feeling um, you know, any kind of offense or aggravation towards someone, um, you need a, a practice to help you let go of it and to, you know, you can't just 
you know, white knuckle through it. Um, I mean, you can, but it's, it's hard and, uh, it's much easier to cultivate something that, you know, is, is from God and kind of generates and grows within you. So, you know, the, the challenge of our times, you know, first of all, is just finding that time for contemplation, you know, getting up, uh, to do it. Uh, but you know, the other thing is that we could find something to mourn every day on social media. Uh, you know, I, I write in reconnect about this, how we have, you know, compassion fatigue that, you know, we're just surrounded by so many, uh, terrible, tragic things in the world, upsetting things. And it could be anything from, you know, there is, uh, kind of a well-known, uh, publicist whose, uh, daughter had a traumatic head injury. It was like a 12 or 12 year old daughter. And, you know, I just kind of kept checking in on her Twitter account over the course of the whole situation. And, uh, her daughter eventually died, uh, from this brain injury. And, um, it was just kind of insane to think about the fact that, you know, here I am in Kentucky kind of plugged into, uh, someone else's suffering and, you know, I'm praying, praying for her daughters and her family. And, um, you know, we could find stuff like that every day on social media. And that's, that can, you know, weigh you down. That can be hard to be, you know, present with other people around us. Then, uh, if we have this, you know, fatigue from all this, the suffering we see on social media, but we also don't want to just live in complete ignorance, but you know, that, that is the, the challenge of our times right now is that we are so plugged into so much information and, and news. Um, and then the other thing is that we are, you know, we are divided and alienated by extreme content on social media that, you know, the, the algorithms of social media function by feeding people more of what they want. And, uh, the stuff that gets higher engagement is the more extreme, the more divisive, the more, uh, combative stuff. You start a fight, people show up. That's, that is the rule of social media. Uh, so the more time we spend on social media, the more we're going to see, uh, you know, the worst of our opponents and we're going to, you know, find, uh, you know, confirmation, plenty of confirmation bias to back up what we think. And over time we get this kind of flat, you know, kind of two dimensional representation of others. Uh, you know, we, we see people in very reductionistic ways and, you know, we can't see their complexity, their humanity and all the things that maybe we do have in common. And, uh, even if they do believe things that, you know, are dangerous or, or false. Uh, do we amplify those things to the point that we can't see the other dimensions of their humanity? And then when we want to talk about mourning and we want to talk about empathy, uh, mourning with those who mourn, it's, it's hard, right? Uh, it's hard to, um, to be present for other people. Yeah. I think about, uh, you know, a disability rights activist, uh, you know, who, you know, when a representative for her district was elected, uh, his first social media post after winning was cry more. Um, and she was crying. Like she was upset because she had, someone was elected for her, her district in Congress that, um, wasn't going to fight for disability rights, uh, the way that she had hoped, you know, can we mourn people when it's this kind of zero sum uh, battle on social media. I, you know, I, th I think that so much of social media, the way it functions, 
prevents us from from seeing other people in their full you know their full dimension their full humanity and as as i think about how you know social media and online communication can divide us um you know sharing in the loss and grief of others can unite us with others and that's that is the way that that jesus modeled is to be present with other people and that's that's a challenge right that's a challenge right now because um you know we we still can't you know because of the coronavirus we still can't be you know with a lot of people we can't be present in the way that maybe we would hope um but i wonder if you know one of our things to think about this month maybe something to practice this month is to think about how can i you know be present for other people who are going through a difficult time and that could be anything from you know losing a job a health crisis you know a, a financial crisis um you know it, it just um a mental health crisis you know it could be anything but to be present with someone you know you know who is suffering at this moment right now and think about how you can be how you can be there for them in a one-on-one -on -one way and that's and that's kind of the mantra of reconnect right it's to uh, prioritize one-on-one -on -one interaction. So that doesn't necessarily say it has to be in person. I mean, that's definitely um, the best. I and mean, there's a lot of research that backs that up to be you know, physically present with people is ideal, but to make a one-on-one -on -one connection in some way. So whether that's a text message or a letter or a note or uh, a phone call or an email, you know, to make a one-on-one -on -one interaction instead of just shouting out to the, the void of social media. Uh, but you know, Jesus shared in the worst that we had, you know, he suffered and died and that's, you know, he took on uh, the worst that we experience in this world. And now he can, you know, empathize with us. He, he shared in our sufferings. Uh, and that's, that's a, a lofty thing to aspire to. Uh, because, you know, frankly, like, I, I want to be comfortable. I don't want to, uh, be around suffering or loss or people who are going through hard times. Like I, you know, I want to be, um, I, I want to defend myself and protect myself and keep myself safe. So, um, you know, that's, that's a sacrifice. And that's something that uh, as we think about, you know, those who mourn and empathy, uh, that's a big ask. And that's, you know, part of the call of Jesus to discipleship, right? It's, it's, it is a laying down of your life to a certain degree. Uh, you know, as we, you know, take on the, the mourning and, and suffering of others, like that's, that is a, a laying down of ourselves uh, for the sake of someone else. You know, and, and this brings me a little bit to, um, you know, part, part of the challenge that I see in the Christian writing, publishing, blogging, just like overall, like online influence game that goes on. Um, I've, I've seen so many, you know, new chipper aspiring authors saying, oh, golly, like I've got this, you know, book I, I really love, but uh, the editor, the publisher, the, you know, agent said I need to get my, my numbers up. I need to, you know, get my social, social media platform. I've got to grow it. And, you know, I, I see it plenty, <laughs> you know, people even sometimes reach out, reach out to me about how to do it, which it's like heaven help you there because I, I can't tell you how to do it well. Um, 
you know, and, and for me, I feel like I've always, every time I feel like I've tried to take a step into that world to do it in a healthy way, uh, to think about it in terms of how to help people, how to, um, you know, to, to publish, you know, content online that helps people, right. Um, to do social media in a constructive, healthy way. I feel like the unhealthy stuff still like wins. Like it feels like it's almost, uh, a, you know, a zero sum game at the end of the day where I feel like it still takes so much from you. It takes so much from other people. It takes so much from society that it does make me wonder about, you know, if we are just like feeding the beast here with, with social media and, you know, if, even if like with our best attempts as authors, as, you know, spiritual influencers or whatever, um, you know, if that does create this really unhealthy, uh, you know, attention seeking, uh, disconnected, you know, realm for, for Christians today online. And if authors like me have, you know, contributed to that, contributed to the unhealthiness, uh, and, you know, I've, I've been doing tons of like soul searching and adjustments for years now. I mean, I wrote a blog post, I don't know if it was 2015 or 16 or whatever, all about how Christian publishing was bad for my soul. And, you know, I, I gave it another shot when Harold came along and now I'm kind of back, uh, to where I was when I wrote that post about just like kind of being done with it. And, uh, It makes me think about the gift of physical presence, the gift of being more present for others um, versus the the influence game. And how many people can you sustainably be present for? How many people can you actually um, serve and minister to like in, in reality uh, versus the how many people can you influence, right? Um, and those are different things, at least the way that I'm using the words like being present versus like influencing, uh, you know, having, you know, reaching with your platform. Um, and I just wonder if the whole thing is just rotten, the whole idea of having a platform of, of influencing people. And, you know, as much as I want to serve other people, there is that, that trade off where um, you start thinking about influence and numbers or whatever. And it, it just gets really, really messy really quick. And, you know, so as I'm thinking about, you know, suffering and, and mourning with those who mourn uh, this month, you know, I'm, I'm looking around a lot less around what's online and more about like what's around me, like physically. Um, and I just, I, my concern is that so often the, the push to grow something online digitally, which is cheap and easy. Um, it comes at the expense of, you know, being more present for others to be more physically present. So I don't know what the answer is there. Um, just because this is a podcast, I can kind of just riff a little bit <laughs> on what I've been thinking about, um, journaling about, don't have any answers or conclusions, but, uh, you know, I do think it's, it's worth, worth it to ask ourselves how much is our online stuff, the online stuff we do preventing us from being fully present for others uh, in whatever and in whatever way whether that's you know the amount of time we have available or our ability to empathize with others you know how you know, if we prioritized you know being present for other people and having empathy for them um how can we you know make sure that our the online stuff we do doesn't uh 
jeopardize that. So that's all I've got for you today. Uh, I'm going to have a little bit more about this in the next newsletter this week. If you want to subscribe at edsuzeski.com and, uh, you know, I'll dig into this a little bit more, share some, um, some links just to, you know, some people who I feel like are, you know, maybe helping us mourn right now at this time. And, uh, yeah, I just, I always appreciate folks just dropping by to, to listen in. Uh, if you have a moment to leave a review, that's always a huge help. Uh, reviews help, whether it's my books or podcasts or whatever, uh, or my, you know, my haircut. If you ever, you know, find a picture of me with my haircut. No, it's kidding. Uh, don't mention my haircut. So thanks for listening to Paths to Restoration and uh, we'll see you next week.